Hello everyone and welcome to another Springfield one-shot slash kind of content or critical content slash neither of those things because today not necessarily talking about a business we're talking about a creator now because you would yeah. technically be a creator now yeah but we are sitting down with someone from our game from the table today I have Will Acton aka every seven everyone's favorite we don't know what Yes, uh, exactly. So, exactly. All right, so what we're going to do in these is as we get to know uh, our players a little bit more, both uh, their character that they play as well as the person. So in this case, uh, Will, what um, what was the first tabletop RPG you ever played? Ooh, I'm not going to um, say D&D because it might have been something else. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I'm one of those uh, basic people that basically watched Stranger Things and okay. said, ooh, that looks fun. Um, and But my friends and I, we called it D&D, but it really wasn't D&D. It was more of like, we didn't have character sheets or anything. Sure. We It was like a homebrew, just talking to each sure. other. Um, and if I remember right, we actually based it off of the Marvel Universe, where like we picked out superheroes with sure. powers. And our DM, like, he would just basically give us a scenario, walk through it very much like D&D, and then um, <laughs> still kind of in the Stranger Things concept. I was sort of like 11 in a way okay. of, like, you know, like the um, telekinesis type of uh, okay. stuff. Uh, and so it'd be like, oh, I want to lift up this boulder. And he'd say, roll a d20. Um, and he would just kind of decide the damage based off of that. So, like, it was okay. very watered down okay. d20. Um, after that, I think actually the next like official one that I played was Vampire the Masquerade. Um, That's on my bucket list. It it's fun. It's weird. Oh, <laughs> I've heard. I have yeah. the system. I have not yet played it though. Yeah. So it, it's it's definitely weird. Um, but I did that for a bit. Went into traditional five e. Okay. Um, and then um, a bit of Monster of the Week like Call of Cthulhu. Um, <laughs> yeah, which that's that's oh, fun. Yeah. I love that. Um, and then I started running my own games, too, with friend groups. So um, Monster Week was the first one that I did. Then I did the D&D campaign, and now I'm actually running a Starfinder campaign for some awesome. friends, which it's a blast. I love that. So, so What I love about that is that it wasn't just, you know, d and like a medieval high fantasy. I mean, you have gothic horror. You have, uh, I mean, Staple Mark, Cthulhu, Cthulhu um, yeah. a Starfinder. And I also... We're filming at my home, so you may hear my daughter Ashlyn guest starring <laughs> in the background um, as she is crawling, and my wife says no. So uh, <laughs> as you cannot go there. Yeah. But um, so I, what I love about I don't want to say watered down because for you guys it it was a game. There is no watering down until you started playing other stuff. That's exactly. when you're like, oh, this is reserved. But do you feel like you would have gotten as engrossed in those other games had you not started a little bit more simplified? I guess, let me rephrase it like this. Had you gone straight in to Vampire Masquerade or straight into D&D 5e, do you think that your love for tabletop RPGs would be as massive as it is today? I that's a good question and because saying, oh yeah, yeah. It'd still be the same but yeah because yeah. I I I think it definitely would have been harder for me to have gotten into like 
the mechanical side of it. Sure. Um, role play side, you know, I'm I'm a theater nerd. I I like doing oh, yeah. a role play. That that's what I loved first about sure. you know tabletop RPGs was picking out a character, kind of fully getting invested in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think kind of like that watered down sense of it of like. You know, if I'm just talking one-on-one, I can come up with crazy ideas for what my character's doing, but kind of getting introduced to, like, dice mechanics of, like, you know, okay, you may say that you're going to do this, but, you know, you rolled a nat one. Sorry, you don't. You (laughs) critically fail. Sure. Um, I think, like, that was a good way to get me introduced to that. Um, Vampire to Masquerade was kind of a bit of a shock as far as setting up my character, because that was my first major, like, character creation. Um, but I think kind of already having a sense of how tabletop plays in a very general sense really helped kind of ease me into that as opposed to if I would have started there, I probably would have still gotten there, but it would have taken me a lot longer to really like get invested into a character. I mean, no doubt mechanics are daunting really, no matter what system. Uh, I mean, I, I appreciate, um, uh, systems that just use D sixes or D twenties. I appreciate that. Um, but there is certainly something daunting that when you look at, you know, and I have Seven's character sheet pulled up in front of me. I still don't know everything that I can do. Uh, yeah, and it's, yeah, it's, you see numbers, and for someone who instantly feels like this isn't going to work for them because maybe they weren't a big math, just wasn't their thing growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, one, that that's fine. You don't need to be a huge math person. I mean, sure. there's plenty of us also sitting at the table, be like, "All right, we got you covered. You just mm-hmm. throw numbers at us. We'll do it for you." <laughs> or D and D Beyond. I mean, you just click on it and it can roll. For it does all of it yeah. for you. So, uh, or not just D and D Beyond, but there's also other sites as well. I'm not just pandering to one, but if you want to pander to me, I can. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. um, so you said that you came from a theater background. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think that, um, well, I guess I should say how, whoop, and I just dropped my mic. That's a, so that's kind of, that's kind of on brand for Wes though. I drop a mic at least once an episode yeah. and not in like a BA kind of way. Just, yeah, you just, um, it, it falled over. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, do you think that having that kind of theater experience helps you make more enriched characters? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, that was one of the things, you know, I, I sort of started theater in high school, and that was one of the first things that we sort of went through with an exercise. Um, it's kind of like improv training in a way sure. of, like, what's your character's backstory? Like, you know, even if you're just an extra walking stage right to stage left, sure. you know, why are you doing that? Understand, you know, it's like, I remember there was one character I played, oh, shoot, what show was that? Whatever, <laughs> but I can't they, help you there. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it, it was it was it wasn't like a well known. It was like one of those like comedy two act things. Um, but I know like there's for like a lot of the scenes I had to be like sort of back like in the back of the scene, but like okay. spying on them. Okay. And like all it said in the script is basically um, it was like Eddie spies on conversation, and then it's like four pages later. Mm-hmm. But like you're supposed to see me periodically, and so like I had to come up with on my own, like you know, oh, how am I reacting to this, and sure. like you know, what life events did he go through before that he would you know right. like be interested in what so and so is saying, and it's like kind of putting that level of thought into a character on stage helped me think about backstories for my characters sure. and you know tabletop, especially with Seven, where it's like. Right. I wrote up a lot of backstory, but like so much of it is also 
still locked away. There's also still a lot I don't know. Right. Um, but it's still kind of thinking of like, okay, sure, he goes into a donut shop. Like, that's very <laughs> mundane. But it's oh, like, yeah. this is the first time he's ever done that. He's like fully fascinated by these right. by these things. And it's like kind of putting that level of thought into this character can totally change how you're playing it and just, you know, there's times where, you know, it almost is like I become the character in a way. Sure. Like, um, and yeah, the theater experience definitely helped with that because I, I try to kind of do that with whatever character I am anyway. Sure. Well, that's actually a, a good shift into kind of the conversation about Seven is that Seven is a uh, barbarian class, which for those that don't know, it is the, uh, uh, it's Schwarzenegger, um, Conan the Barbarian. I mean, it says barbarian in the name, but yeah. <laughs> the the kind of hulked out, you know, figures things out with the edge of a weapon yeah. uh, or fist, depending on how you build it, mm-hmm. uh, kind of guy. So Seven in our game is an automaton of sort, of some sort. Um, not very familiar with his past, gets flashes every now and again. So for all... I think this is the third time I've said intents and purposes during a recording. For all <laughs> intents and purposes... At least you're saying that, like that instead of intents. Not intensive purposes? Yes. Yeah. Intensive purposes. <laughs> I'm going to use that specifically in a correct manner, intensive yeah. purposes. Yeah. Um, but uh, he is almost seeing things like a newborn, like mm-hmm. a baby for the first time. Yeah. Um, how... Is it difficult? Is it easy for you to almost force yourself to not know the mundane not know the the things that we take for granted yeah um even eating or things like that so how hard or easy is that it 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 took a little bit of training at first to more so find a balance between he doesn't know anything and let the other players talk. Um, because if, if I were to continually play the, you know, I don't know what this is, I don't know what this is, I don't know what this is, it's just going to be seven to the no things, sure. the podcast. Um, <laughs> so so I, I tried to find, like, you know, those, like, kind of, like, sort of comedic moments of, like, sure. like he's understanding economics and bartering. Because uh, it's like, you know, that, that's sort of my running bit now. Oh, yeah. um, it, I need money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that whole scene. Um, but, you know, stuff like that. Or, like, you know, he, he is an automaton of some sort. Like, he doesn't have to eat or drink or do any of that. Not in the conventional sense that yes. we know of. So, um, But he can. And he does. And, like, enjoys food. But he's also, like, you know, like I said before, had never had a donut before. Sure. Finds them amazing. Like, sure. you know, um, there there is a bit of, like, that childlike wonder of him but still with kind of that like adult presence in a way it's an interesting mix with him to try to figure out sometimes how to go about situations um and it's also helpful there's been times where um you know I'm, i'm thinking of one time where we were at that um okay i also want to point out don't reveal too much because no, like everything's yeah. shared is yeah. like about two episodes behind i apologize yeah. i'm working on yeah it, but <laughs> um but the first time that we went to that tavern okay. uh the the inn sure and they asked if i wanted food and they're just like do you want like nuts and bolts or whatever and i was like i i i think i'll just take food like you know i, I haven't tried it but like right. let's go for it but like um getting sort of like the input from the other characters mm-hmm. like you know um i think it was tony at one point 
turned to me and just like, do you eat? I'm just like, I don't know. Like, let's find out. And, you know, sometimes it's things that kind of go over my head at first. It's like, sure. oh, this is new to seven. Sure. Um, so it's a really good good team that we have to kind of help me understand, like, yeah, this is new. Or, you know, yeah, they can teach me how to barter with someone very poorly. <laughs> Well, and and uh, just speaking of like that childlike wonder or whatever, uh, it almost seems to turn into instinctual response when Seven goes into battle, though. Um, almost like the uh, I don't I, I'm not trying to paint any foreshadowing or anything that it's almost like a pre-programming. Like uh, Seven knows combat. This is what he knows. This is what he's able to do. There is no yeah. questioning. There is no needing to ask. It's they are against me. I am against them. To a certain point, uh, yeah. Seven's able to restrain himself. But um, sure. Well, there. I uh, still think like in the first session when we were going up against uh, the bigger owl bears before we got Beakley. When <laughs> I turned around, I'm just like, "How much do we want this to hurt?" And they're just like, "Badly." And I was like, "Got it." <laughs> like, you know, and then Hulk out at that point. Um, Let's go from one to dead. Where are these going to be? At? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, very much so. It's it, it's. I kind of almost play it as if like he's he was created as far as we know sure. to be a war machine. Sure. Like that is at least his original purpose. Um, as now, far as seven knows, as far as the as far as, as he far knows, as, as far as I'm allowing people to know, <laughs> yes. that may simply be the fact. Um, yes. So but, something sort of just clicks and sure. activates, and he just, for the most part, knows what to do. I mean, he's right. going to be caught off guard at times for sure. Oh, yeah. um, but um for barbarian to never get caught off guard in the midst of a battle that's yeah, yeah. i'd be impressed yeah <laughs> but you know um the stop me if this is spoiler at this point but with the grand rose uh okay no we're we're there we're, there. we're good we're good we're there. I, I thought i thought that was we're the out. last one yeah, that yeah. one's out <laughs> um but you know everybody's just like what are you doing you're just grabbing her and running away and it's like she the asset basically that we need to protect she's sure. in danger right there his programming basically says grab and go well yeah and it and it, it wasn't even like a you knew who the grand rose was uh you just uh, the party came upon um these guards and a person being assaulted by uh, cloaked figures and y'all sprung well banner sprung in first our yeah, our, yeah, our yeah. war domain That's cleric true. So. And uh, and then everything went. But then you were again. You're able to control yourself when you need to. Um, which some barbarians just flat out. I don't want to say are chaotic, stupid, but sometimes they are, and that's not to the fault of the character or to the player. That's just how it's run. Um, so why did you choose for? I guess I should ask. Did you decide on the race first of an uh, of a warforge technically, Ooh. or did you choose the class first of a barbarian? Ooh, I, I think they kind of went hand-in-hand hand okay. there. Because um, I know we were deciding, you know, the divvying up the classes between <laughs> sure. people. Um, they're definitely definitely with the lack of a, a solid hitter oh, yeah. there. Um, and I kind of have had this idea of, like, an automaton missing its memories sure. for a while. Um, and... So, like, kind of plugging that in. I guess it was the race first. Um, okay. Because I thought the Warforged race, which is what uh, Seven officially is, um, mm -hmm. you know, that is, you know, very much what it sounds like, forged in war. Sure. Um, and so that instantly just brought it to Barbarian. 
Um, but very much with all my tabletop characters, I like to kind of subvert expectations a bit. Yeah. So it's like, he Seven isn't always just that person that rushes yeah. in head first. He's like this innocent child, basically, in a way. Sure. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think... I think kind of the, the race and class sort of went hand in hand there, um, but just not in like that traditional, you know, oh, okay, I'm a war machine, I'm just going to just be sure. being and brooding and, you know. Well, and, uh, and for me, when you described it and then when you started playing it at first, I had originally, I had the feel of uh, he had elements of Ultron from the MCU when he first comes out before he connects to everything and learns everything mm-hmm. that very much like, why am I here? Why am I created? And obviously, he's a massive hulking death machine. Yeah. But, I mean, you definitely get, though, I would say the converse, you also get a lot of vision mm-hmm. as well. His personality be like, there is the good. There is the wanting to protect, wanting to see people thrive. Absolutely. Who aren't obviously yeah. trying to kill you. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> so, you mentioned Tony earlier. He plays Felix Cogsman, <clears throat> our artificer gnome. Gnome or halfling? I am so oh. sorry. Oh, good question. Oh, I think terrible. gnome. I think I'm a terrible gnome. person. Yeah. I, th- I think gnome. Okay. Yeah, Tony, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry if you're wrong. I'm sorry, but Tony. He's short. He's short. He's short. He's uh, he's under four foot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but uh, you guys kind of hit it off from the beginning of the campaign. Yeah. Um, and that's because there's a little bit of a background prior to that. Um. And I believe you had mentioned it in those previous episodes, but what is kind of that prior connection with Felix? Sure. Um, so, yeah, from, from what I remember we, we had talked about and mentioned in the sessions before, mm-hmm. basically at some point Seven just wakes up and he pretty much just kind of like in just a deserted forest, had no idea mm-hmm. where he is, where he was even sure. it, it just he just doesn't know sure. um and so he just is kind of wandering north i believe is where i uh, from where i originated and is wandering and stumbled across you know um seven walks into a town just trying to get information sure. <laughs> everybody's terrified of him because here's this hulking automaton that nobody has seen before walking in and felix being an artifact uh, artificer basically looked to me and it's like fascinating i want to oh, learn yeah. everything oh. about how oh, yeah. this dude works um and so we kind of tagged along, um, sure. and um, it was sort of this mutual understanding of, like, he wants to understand me, and he's also on his own quest as well. Um, I also want to understand me, but I also want to try to figure out, you know, where did I come from, where where did I go, where did I come from, Cotton Eye Joe. Um, and, and kind of understanding the world around you as well. I mean, yeah. and if you listen to the episodes, like, Felix does do that. I, I don't. I don't want to say automaton explaining, mm-hmm. but automaton. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, gnome explaining. Gnome explaining. But uh, but uh, kind of acts as that buffer. Be like, okay, he he's he's missing this point. I need to explain it. Or you straight up ask. Be like, yeah. uh, is this? Do I do this? Do we not do this? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, he's almost like. Like, either, like, an older brother, almost like a father, in, sure. the, in that sense of, like, yo, no, 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 like, we don't do that, it's like, you know... It's almost Full Metal Alchemist, Yeah, if you think about it, with the Elric brothers, but, yeah. uh, yeah. if you haven't seen Full Metal Alchemist, you're just, where have you been? I know. Just where? Honestly. I don't even watch that much anime, and I've seen it, so, I yeah. You hear that? I'm just kidding. But, uh, um, so, uh, Seven recently experienced 
something kind of traumatizing. Um, and during a, um, you guys had met with uh, kind of a, a leading, uh, a leader of this order of this temple of Sheen, who is the god of knowledge. And uh, you allowed them to kind of poke around your head. And in our campaign, it started out that our players themselves, so Will, not Seven, Will, Tony, Jack, David, Nathan, Andy, you all went to the Hogan of the Center of the Arts. Shut up. Who? Got led into a room and got sucked into a white light, and then this campaign started. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, this bookmaster, uh, Tailock is his name, went poking around Seven's head and uh, found Will. Um, yeah. So... Knowing where the campaign started in essentially the real world and then going to this high fantasy place, what was what was it like for Seven? Or what is Seven thinking or feeling knowing that there is this entity, non-entity in his head? Yeah, I, I, I think part of him in a way, since he doesn't know <laughs> what the world is like, I think for for a while, part of him is just like, oh, okay, I get standard, the, this Yeah, is. this is standard <laughs> operation, basically. Like, you know, that's weird. That was a very, you know, painful way to go about it. But, sure. like, you know, I guess everybody had the will in their head. Like, <laughs> it's a weird way to put well, it. We've all got the will. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Will. Willpower. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I think Seven is now realizing, um, especially after uh, spoiler events that happened in the previous episode that we recorded. Yeah. Um, that this is not normal, but sure. it's it's also weirdly comforting in a way okay. to also have somebody literally with him who also does not, not know anything going on. Sure. Um, it's almost like having like my own companion. Um, Commiseration buddies yeah. almost, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, he definitely is still like taken off guard by it, uh, sure. but... In a way, it's, you know, it couldn't have happened to a better person in a way at first because it's, you know, he doesn't know what's going on. He's so, like, exploratory in a way that he really is, you know, not just freaking out immediately. He's just like, oh, like, what's this? Um, It's a very interesting thing to try to play Seven and Will at the Mm -hmm. same time Um, because I feel like for Seven's voice, I changed it a little bit. But it still is pretty much my voice. Yeah. So the times where, um, you know, in this previous session, you voiced seven across me. Um, spoiler. You, you'll get to you'll get to yeah, hear you that. You get to see bit. that. That's you'll get fun. To hear that um, but it's also interesting to try to make the two characters distinct in a way because I feel like there's a lot of myself and, in and, seven. And I hope that I wasn't like. <laughs> yeah. No, okay. you did it perfectly. But uh, yeah. it's. Um, because I, I noticed as well, like, maybe Seven's a little bit more, I don't want to say breathy, but, like, more airy in his tone, a little bit lighter. Um, but, um, I mean, Will, I assume, is a little bit more sure of himself than Seven is in a lot of yeah. things. Yeah. Um, I'm typically louder in person, too. Sure. So. Well, and, and that's also, I guess, a good question between the difference between you and Seven. I mean, you are, although you and Seven are naturally both kind and everything, um... He is also willing to kill at the drop of a hat. Uh, oh, I shouldn't say the drop of a hat. With good cause. Sure. And everything. Um, 
granted this is fantasy and you are a licensed counselor. Yes. So is there something almost therapeutic playing a character that just gets to let out his aggression? Yeah, um, there definitely is. And, and um, I find, you know, in my free time, like the video games that I play, sure. I, I'm always like sort of that. Aggressive? Kind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, right. you know, yeah, there is a no way. No one gets hurt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no one gets hurt. And it, it's, it's always fun because I say this with every game. So right now I'm playing through Baldur's Gate 3, um, which is I need to. fabulous. Fabulous. Um, but you get to kind of make these, you know, character decisions of good versus evil. Sure. And it's funny because, like, there's no consequences to being evil. And yet mm. I still always tend to lean on that good side. Oh, yeah. um, but there is something sort of therapeutic in a way about, mm. like, taking your aggressions or anger out in, like, a fantasy setting. And it's something I even tell my clients. So it's like... Right. Um, so kind of, it's slightly different, but one of my clients um, plays football. And also deals with anger. And I'm just like, channel that. Yeah. Like, you know, like, fully channel. Like, you don't have to suppress your anger. Just manifest in appropriate ways. Like, yeah. you know. Not to the point of, like, breaking bones of people and everything. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but it's like, you know. you're a linebacker. Go go tackle. Oh, yeah. Dude. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> knock somebody out. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, you know, that's, that's a great way to get that aggression out. And I definitely do that sometimes with my characters. And, like, it's honestly so much fun when it's right. like. Um, you know, in, in one of our recent sessions when I took out two guys at once, um, oh, man. and just it was just, right through him. boom, it was like, Ooh, just seeing those high numbers. Like, oh, yeah. that's fun. And it's like, oh, yeah. that's not the reason why I build that class. Sure. But, oh man, that's a great side oh, effect yeah. of it. Like, yeah. Well, and I, I think that everyone, um, plays a character that they try to play against their natural, like. Uh, for me, like whenever I played Knights of the Old Republic back in the day, I wanted to be evil on everything. But eventually, I'm just like, I can't. Yeah, I can't. There's there's a line of morality for myself, and you even spoke about it. Like even in video games, we don't want to do this to a fictional person. Yeah. Um, but I think that once everyone gets that character that's a- adverse to their nature out of the way, I mean, I did that from kind of right from the get-go when I started playing TTRPGs. I really haven't felt like I needed to again. Yeah. They've always pretty much been my morality structure roundaboutly or my temperament style. Um, so, let's see here. I was going to... I'm not going to lie. You brought up football, and I thought, man, I my last two players are playing today in fantasy football. I'm, I have Josh Allen playing right now. Oh, man. man. Yeah, I got two. And We're in the same league. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I know... <laughs> My last two players are playing against each other. I just need one to make a field goal and one to make five receptions, and I yeah. think I got it. But, um, so, speaking about, like, kind of the good nature to things, you guys, and you mentioned earlier you guys picked up Beakley. Mm-hmm. The orphan, only an orphan, because of what y'all did. Yeah. You literally slaughtered his family mm-hmm. and then said, ooh, a puppy, and took it. Um... Yeah. But Beakley seems to connect with you more than anyone else. Do you, is there like, is that intentional on your end? Do you think that there's something on maybe Beakley's end? Or what do you think there? Yeah, it, that definitely wasn't at all the plan from the get-go. We didn't even know we were going to face know. face any owlbears from the get-go. Yeah. Um, but I think it, it's, <laughs> I think that was a little bit of like will coming through in seven because like, it's just like baby animal. Like I want it. <laughs> like it's mine. Um, so, so I think part of it was, was seven. 
you know, with, with as little as we really know about his backstory, I think there is almost this contrast to his barbaric nature sure. of wanting to be, like, that comforter for something. Mm-hmm. And Beakley was, like, literally the first thing that he's seen that is an outlet for that. And so, like, you know, <laughs> sort of similar to how, like, Felix is, you know, being the papa for right. for uh, Seven. It's like Seven is almost being, like, the parent. Sure. Um for Beakley in a way, and that's not to say the other, you know, the other guys. And um, it, it's like it, it's like dad getting your son or daughter a puppy. Yeah. And the puppy is the son or daughter's, but the dad always has to clean up the mess. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But, uh, yeah. When Beakley goes on his little, you know, murdering sprees and stuff, you know, it, he recently. <laughs> he recently. Yeah. Really. He did. Recently. <laughs> but um, he's given a chance to shine. He is, finally. Yeah, yeah, finally. This baby. We're giving a baby a chance to shine a (laughs) murder. He did a great job. Uh, (laughs) He did. Um, (laughs) That is probably one of my favorite scenes, though, that we've ever recorded. Oh, yeah. Just from, like, the visual scenery of just... Just, Anyway, you'll you'll, you'll Um, hear it. It's great. So what um, what is something that... We're gonna... And if the other... I know everyone else at my game listens to these, so don't meta what is something that everyone else at the table doesn't yet know about seven Ooh, um i gotta think because there's so much that seven doesn't know about seven sure um i think there's there's a lot of you know just his backstory even that he does know um because just like those little flashes that he saw when the bookmaster sure. tapped into his head of, um, you know, there's like the dragonkin basically were working on him. Uh, you know, see little flashes of, you know, some other automatons similar to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's probably one of the, bu- the bigger things is, um, you know, the way whether or not you, you pull through with this, um, the way I kind of designed Seven's name is he is a number, which means mm-hmm. that there is at least six more before him, however many sure. after him. Um, and he has had these visions of similar creatures like him. I think one of the things they don't know is that there even is anything out there right. like him. Um, well, even the bookmaster had confirmed, and this is out, he had confirmed he'd seen one of your like, but it was, I think, a little bit different, or yes. and obviously not running. Yes. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. Uh, it's probably like a Windows XP or something. Yeah. But uh, um, do you? What do you think about Seven? Do you think that he would? What? what why? Do, what does Will think Seven was created for at this sure. moment in time? So my my own personal theory, um, based off of you know what I had envisioned seven as but i've also kind of like get the view the backstory of seven oh, to, to, to shape and and oh, you know, yeah. do what you want with it mm-hmm. but kind of as i feel like you know seven understands himself and as i understand seven is he was created to be a war machine but you know these creators essentially were using whatever they can to try mm-hmm. to upgrade him sure um and the you know other automatons like him sure. tapped into some sort of magic which is, you know, why, you know, that sort of tree trunky part of him glows. Sure. And that reshaped him. He's no longer just a killing machine. He has, you know, possibly a soul or, or whatever you okay. may say that makes him more 
human okay. in that sense. Sure. Um, now, what that means as far as like, you know, what is his purpose? What is what is he doing? I, I think <laughs> I think so much of that is actually what Seven's ultimate drive in this campaign mm-hmm. is. Is he's like, well, I at least know why I was in a very general sense created, but why would I reawoken? And, you know, I have all these feelings. I have these desires to be more human, like, not just kill. Sure. Why? What did that mean? Sure. What am I supposed to be doing? I just think that's something that he's discovering as he goes along. Okay. Um, so what do you think, what is one of your hopes or aspirations for Seven? Like, what? what would... And I'm not, I'm not asking you to load the gun or anything yeah, for me, because yeah. um, the the gun's been loaded. It's it been shot. The bullet is just going really slow. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's like Hamilton, where the, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right at the yeah. end. Um, so yeah, shout table. out Lin Manuel Miranda. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but um, please sponsor us if you want. Make a man, make a musical. Yeah, uh, se- seven the musical, <laughs> the sequel to six. Oh, oh. <laughs> Uh, a bunch of robots being yeah. decapitated. Uh, so yeah, what are what is an aspiration or a hope for seven? Um, I'm not going to ask for what you what would be a satisfying like conclusion for seven because sure. obviously understanding why, where, and who he is is the most satisfying you can get. But sure. what is kind of a big aspiration you would like for either his back his story? his personality whatever that may be yeah uh i thinking uh i think claiming the ever throne would definitely be it absolutely pulling the that ever th- the ever th- so that was on our discord server that we talk about amongst ourselves but jack who plays ren um uh, throughout well i would love to see seven sitting on the throne of the high king yeah um and uh <laughs> as brand with that. awesome as that would be <laughs> It'd be terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when yeah. you said what donuts would be yeah. the donuts for everybody. Uh, yeah. Rule Is that number the one. Only food. Uh, no, but it definitely is the most important. Okay. Uh, donuts for everybody. Don't do wars. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ever. I feel like everyone needs rule number two. Just yeah. don't do wars. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, aside from yeah, aside deposing from the high king of the world. Yeah. Um. I feel like honestly, the the biggest thing for him is maybe not even so much of like understanding his past, but more of understanding the future of okay. like you know yeah definitely like understanding. I sound so therapeutic right now. It's um, okay. You literally I, just came from work. I literally <laughs> just came straight here from work. Um, but. I, I think it's like in part recognizing where he was, but more so understanding, you know, what did he want to become and what did he want to be? I think honestly, more than anything, it's essentially like human, um, which it's kind of interesting with this whole, you know, mm-hmm. will in his head. Like, there's almost a part of me that's like, I, I kind of see like a marrying of sure. seven and will kind of together man and like, machine yeah they say yeah. yeah um and you know um even if like at the end is like we'll get to go home because i'd love to go home oh yeah uh, oh yeah but but it's like you know like seven almost like embodying a lot more of like humanistic qualities or like there's almost even part of me that's like seven gets a new physical form that's a lot Ooh. more humanoid like okay. organic okay. um because right now he's so machine it, yeah it, 
very Iron Man ma- uh, suit like in in build. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I get that. I get yeah. that. Um, so I, I I think being able to figure out a way to for him to at least like feel more human. Sure. Um, and like um, I I kind of have joked about this when we leveled up mm-hmm. of like oh I'm gonna take like a skill in Bard just so that because like he just is interested in learning an sure. instrument or like right. you know he wants to learn how to cook the meals that he just had tasted and it's like I feel like more of almost like that like artistic expression of, like the thing to make him more human sure. in a way would be probably like the best endpoint for seven. Regardless of if he fully understands why he was created or, like, what his purpose is, sure. I feel like, in a way, like, he's almost going to reach a point of, like, I can just make my own purpose. Like, right. if I decide that I want to be more human, I can. Right. Um, and sort of work that way out. Well, and I mean, even mechanics-wise, you're not that... I mean, you have a 14 in charisma. That's not not charismatic. Yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of designed that of, like... He's either really, like, really fine walking up to somebody sure. random and just being like, well, let's just ask for directions. But it's like, sure. he's clueless as far as, like, social customs. But he, he, in a way, is, like, a very outgoing child of, sure. like, you know, like, I, I don't know about Logan, but, like, you know, if he just walks up to a random stranger and it's just like, I like your jacket or whatever, it's just like, <laughs> you know, okay. Like, <laughs> but, yeah, he, he don't do that. He hides behind me. But, yeah, yeah I can yeah. understand I, that. I thought you like, was more of, like, the, the shy kid. Oh, um, yeah, he liked but, yeah. Yeah, but like, you know, you kind of understand that that sense though of like, sure, very charismatic, but maybe not totally like understanding of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think kind of blending those things together in a way. Okay. So, and final question, just because I'm I'm going to ask everybody. Hopefully, I'll have all these interviews done before you figure it out. Who knows? So, um, the as if you've been listening to the show, the party is going to this city, uh, trying to get to the city to basically do a wellness check um, from this ancient entity, um, promising knowledge, power, riches. You know, you know the old spiel. Um, I guess it's kind of a, a two-part question because it is called the Weeping City. And there's ash falling everywhere. One, what do you think is causing the ash? And then two, do you have any theories on what Lendris, the person that gave you the quest originally, is? Oh, um, so I'm I'm gonna answer the Lendris one first because I've I've had my own personal thoughts okay. about that. I think seven inches, like eh, Lendris, just a person. Sure. Will being a DM and have you know played a lot of things. There's part of my mind that's almost like. This is like a devil steal in a way. Okay. Of like, you know, oh, you do this for me and I'll make all your wishes come through. Okay. Um, obviously, Seven is, uh, he's clueless. I'm going to play him as clueless, you know, still sure. follow through with it. Um, but there's part of me that's sort of like, that sounds too good to be true. Oh, yeah. uh, but let's do it. Fair <laughs> enough. So, um, as far as the Weeping City, because, um, you know, at, at time of recording, we have entered it now even though it's not released yet um yeah it's but, fine you're not revealing anything yeah but they they get to the city okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll reveal that they get to the city yeah we're at the city we've we've explored a little bit of it um have basically discovered at least where the ash is coming from not necessarily yes. what's causing it um 
there's part of me that sort of feels like there's like a machine or something that's kind okay. of like you know whether the, some sort of ancient construct or something that is I don't know either went faulty or this is exactly what its purpose sure. was supposed or like a side effect of whatever it was. Sure. Um, Sorry, I'm going like deadpan right now. I don't yeah, want to give yeah anything. Yeah, like, yeah. should he guess right yeah. or wrong or whatever? Um, especially because the city was one of the last of the. Um, one of the last major strongholds before you know, it, kind of, there was a Mad Max situation. Yeah, no water, no, no flora fauna dying off, and then suddenly it started coming yeah. back over time. This was one of the last major bastions mm-hmm. before um, kind of that new era started when the first High King came to power. Yeah, um, I feel like so. Like when I even when I say machine, it's like it's not something that this bastion has created themselves. Okay. Um, just from the information that we know, like something went in, um, okay. and I feel like you know it, it may have just been simply created of like we're gonna ash them out, basically of like mm. you know whoever the enemy smoke, was was smoke like, them out, but ash them. Okay, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. Um, and it's okay. essentially this machine that just kind of is a fog machine, basically, but like sure. way worse. Um, fog that, machine on steroids. <laughs> yeah, but. yeah. That is intentionally doing that. Um, I think some of the other things that we've seen in the city, though, as far as uh, inhabitants that we have possibly stumbled across kind of makes me lean a lot more towards like the ash as part of the weapon in a way um but i don't know because it's i mean that era of time was called the ash war and you know so far as far as we know the weeping city is the only city like that where okay. I would think if, if an entire war... Is it they, killing you that there's nothing going it, it, on Very here? much so. I'm oh, trying man, to... It's I'm killing trying to therapist, right now, dude. I'm trying to, like, screaming things at you yeah. right now. <laughs> I'm trying to, like, therapist read your body language and everything. Oh, believe me, bro. I went through it. You yeah. can't get me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there's part of me that's like, if it was called the Ash War and that truly was a weapon, I mean, it could almost be like, you know essentially like how the american do the atomic bomb it's like that was our final thing before really Ooh, like okay. you know it's like that was the big weapon that okay. ended it um Man. and you know um especially if that was the last sort of bastion it's just like well cool enemy destroyed like sure. you know um but like that was sort of like their never again type of moment sure. um but also it's still still going and nobody knows what it is so how can we never do it again if we don't know what it is i don't know man yeah it's so. good theory yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> erased your notes and <laughs> just, yeah just change everything yeah just change fly. everything so like just looking over and just typing ever so often yeah yeah but okay. we'll see fair enough <laughs> yeah so all right well um let's see no, I think that's uh, that's pretty much everything. Without going into any more detail on things, just because I think we're gonna, I don't want to ruin anything. Uh, Absolutely, just getting into it. But thank you so much, Will, for for coming and joining Absolutely. us for our first. And you know, what? I'm gonna I'm gonna call these critical contents because this is a one on one between uh, creators and everything. Um, so, if seven had hair, oh, what color would it be? Mm. Final question. Yeah, I so so this was something because um, I I was I was printing the little miniature of seven and turning around <laughs> Harold Ford. I don't think he would have hair. I think he would okay. have a very slick black handlebar mustache. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah, 
fully like you know he would he would oh, twirl it okay. like you know like maybe even a captain couple. hook it yeah oh, okay. oh yeah Ooh. absolutely he just would sit there and just <laughs> yeah yes 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 absolutely i I, okay. I think he'd still be you know okay. um so you're seeing black is what you're saying yeah yeah i'm seeing a bit of black maybe like a little little salt and pepper in there oh, yeah okay. yeah he is old and he is ancient all right so i appreciate you dealing with my my actual last question but thank you so much uh will um again you can watch will play as seven in our streams um other than that um he is a counselor so he obviously as i do advocate for uh mental health services is if you feel like you ever need somebody to talk please reach out to someone um you are not alone you can speak with people um and if not just take out your rage and aggression and tabletop rpgs absolutely yes that is free <laughs> yeah yeah i just make them I'm, go out of business i'm looking at actually becoming a therapeutic game master i saw that too and i thought about it yes oh we should open a we could open up okay boom stopping it <laughs> yes. for the moment but <laughs> thank you for joining us and we will see you all next time all right five to places